You're listening to 100 Words or Less with Ray Harkins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of this podcast where we talk about independent music. And I'm going to be completely upfront. I am recording this on Monday, so it's before the election. I have no clue what happened in the next, you know, like 36 hours or whatever. So, uh, you know, I'm just not talking about that. I will talk about it, you know, the, the following week so we could see what the heck is happening in uh, in the world. But I'm really excited about this show. I'm, I'm always really excited, but this one's special to me because uh, I did a lot of uh, a lot of chasing down for this one. And uh, I have the drummer from the band Die My Will. His name's Jeff Melkars. And so Die My Will, let's, let's set this up appropriately. They are a band that is, you know, was only active for a couple of years, released, uh, you know, a, like two full lengths and a split with a band called Piecemeal. And, you know, they basically kind of came and went pretty quickly. Like very few people remember who this band is. Like even when they were, you know, around, uh, as we will discuss with Jeff, a lot of people didn't know exactly what they were really doing because they kind of combined this weird dark hardcore with like, you know, D beat stuff. Like there was just so much weirdness going on. And then like metalcore and like, I don't, I, they're really, really hard to describe, but I'll play a little bit of them going into the interview with Jeff as I usually do with these bands. But, um, I had to have Jeff on because this band has always perplexed me. And I always was like, I just don't know anything about them. Like they seem to, you know, have played in this band and then, you know, went quietly into the night. And then, you know, none of the other guys like went on to play in other bands or anything like that. So I I had to get to the bottom of it and we do. And that's what we do here because I want you to know about bands, like not only new bands, but bands in the past and we all like to share this stuff. So, um, yeah, you can always email the show, 100wordspodcast at gmail.com. That's the number 100, of course. And, um, yeah, I just like to have feedback. So, you know, give me guest ideas or, you know, just say hi. Like, I, I always love that that email from you, the listener. And uh, you can also support the show just by telling people. That's the best way that, uh, you know, the show can be promoted is when you tell your friends, like, hey, you, you like punk or hardcore or indie rock or whatever. How about you listen to these discussions? Because, uh, yeah, we're the show is continually growing. It blows my mind that I'm getting, you know, some odd 20, 30,000 downloads per episode of this thing. It just, it blows my mind. And that makes me really, really happy. So I appreciate all of you who uh, spread the word where you can. Anyways, let's talk to Jeff, okay? And let's I'm going to play a little bit of Die My Will. This is from uh, their, uh, well, I guess their second full length, um, And Still We Destroy. And just check it out, because this band is amazing. So, uh, yeah, and we get to the bottom of it. Jeff spells it all out for us. So uh, here is Die My Will, and here is Jeff after the, after the end of the song, obviously. And so, uh, you know, frankly, I never even knew that there was a full length prior to and still they destroy up oh. until. Yeah, honestly, it was I kind of love that, man. And, and, and you're not the first person to say that. And I, I guess we have to thank Bill from Pindrop Records <laughs> for that. He actually got it into more people's hands than I think anybody, anybody thought. But yeah, no, that that was just us grinding, man. And, uh, and Todd, the bass player's studio. 
like in Southington, Connecticut, man. Like that. Right. right. Yeah. And so I remember because I uh, the the label that my band was signed to is a label called Goodfellow Records. Okay. And the owner of Goodfellow Records, he, uh, you know, him and I would always trade music. Sure. And I just remember him being like, dude, you haven't heard Die My Will. And like I, I'm being from Southern California, like, you know, clearly you guys never. Yeah, you yeah. guys never made it out there. But no, we 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 our our, our world tour was uh um very specifically uh nor- not even I can't even say it was East Coast, it was Northern East Coast. Northeast. So that was <laughs> exactly right. man. I think we made it we might have made it to the nation's capital and then I'm sure our van broke down. So right. of course, like <laughs> yeah. like most good bands. Exactly. But I remember listening to it and uh you know immediately taken by this this weird amalgamation of stuff that you guys had because like there was this mixture of, you know, uh, obviously the the prevalence of, you know, 90s metalcore like that. Uh-huh. That existed. The root was yeah. there. But then you had this really, really weird, um, you know, uh, I guess, sprinkling overtones of bands that, uh, you know, bands like Tragedy, His Hero is Gone, like this, just like you I felt at it. any point uh-huh. that your song was going to fall apart, but it never did. Like, you know, it just kind of always had that momentum of anger. Um, I let me tell you something, man. If yeah. like if, if if Brandon was here right now, and I I wish he was because uh, I mean he was kind of the the maestro, the the guy that put a lot of it together. But he he would so, some people would be like, oh man, you thought our songs were gonna fall apart? But he's he's like, dude, that was like by design, man. I mean, he was he was <laughs> he was incredible. I was like, it's like, is this I, I, you know? And and then as we evolved, it got even crazier. You know what I mean? Like he was kind of crazy with the time signatures. Um, but yeah, no, but go go on again. Like I said, I'm an only child. I'll listen to this all day. Yeah. (laughs) But in in short, you guys were just this weird band that existed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you, you were talking about before we were recording the idea that anybody remembers, uh, you know, what it is that you guys are doing is, you know, obviously weird, but at the same time, like there's a subset of people that are, you know, uh, devouring this sort of stuff and are interested in it. And so that's why I was like, I want to know more because I was just so, not only enamored by the uh, music, but then also just like, yeah, no one knows anything about you guys. Dude, <laughs> like, at, like, at <laughs> I all. you said that, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. You, you actually just said, and again, I think it's a great compliment to the people who actually do find us. Like, you've got to like go. I mean, you're following the white rabbit, bro. Like if you if you can stumble upon one of us old dudes, man, you you have like you have won some sweepstakes that gets you basically nothing other than our hey man, thanks, right? Like I, you know what I mean? Like people like come out of the woodwork looking looking for things, but but I think you hit the nail on the head, man. And like the, the people who who loved us, and uh, admittedly they are few and far between, but those people would would do anything for us, man. Like like I hear stories about people like driving six hours to see us play meanwhile we we would have driven six hours to play for 17 and a half minutes because that was basically our sets man right like we were not (laughs) screwing around and i think that that was part of it man like we connected with a group of people who were passionate about the music and the anger and just kind of like the feelings that we were putting out there but i mean you know i think sadly like we just weren't really like scenesters i don't want to like get into that but i mean like we just really we, we didn't kind of hang out in the scene, right? Like we were like four dudes that were friends that just loved playing heavy music and really just loved what we did, man. And like felt every single piece of it in our soul and Catholic school helped by the way, Brandon and I were uh, Catholic school kids. Got, got it. Got it. Well, I, I, I see what you're talking about in regards to not, you know, existing within a scene. Like, you know, you're, you're, 
music definitely, uh, you know, sticks its thumb out as being like, oh yeah, like we Ray, can kind of make sense. I'm so sorry, man. Can I just, Leah, no, man, sorry. can you get this, can you get the, the, the dog and cat are having a standoff like right, right next to me. <laughs> Which is so funny. We have this like, so, so, so pandemic has, hold, hold on a second. Leah. I don't know why he follows her in here. I'm so sorry, Ray. Give me one second. No, no worries. Daisy, come on. Like the dog and cat are like fighting or whatever, like asking the bill and answering questions. You see Roger. I'm so sorry to break that beautiful flow, man. Um, ah, don't don't worry about it. It's all good. <laughs> it's it's crazy. So we we uh, we adopted this dog, and uh, like he just wants to play with my 11 year old cat. My 11 year old cat is like, "Fuck you, man." Yeah, nothing, grumpy, nothing to do with it. I'm right? a grumpy old man. Like I'm not gonna like attack or or kill you, but like I just don't really want you around me. So yeah, anyways, not interested. On. Interested. All right, so you were going with the scene thing, and I, I can even pop back. No, up it's that. fine. The uh, yeah, because you you guys clearly did not adhere not only sonically to what was happening kind of around you, like there's elements of it, but you know I could tell that no matter what show you guys played, you would always be kind of like the well, I don't, I mean they're they're cool, but like they don't sound like the rest of the stuff that's happening, and I presume that was your case. That was that was beyond that was beyond our case. I mean, like it's it's so funny because there was a band called Red Tide out of Connecticut um, as well, and and like Ian and actually Justin is you know Justin's drummer of Killswitch Engage now. Um, We were like really really close because they were almost like some crazy. I I I hope that they're. they're, I mean, I think they're okay saying this. I mean, they were like watching Justin play drums. I was like, why am I even doing this, man? Right? Like he was like the most amazing drummer, and still to this day, like you watch him play even with kill switch now. And it's like, I, I, I go to the show and I'm just watching him and it's just like, he, he, it almost like he could be sleeping. Right. Like, it's just like, it's so automatic. And they were like, they were the kids that were like jazz kind of thrash fusion, which is absurd. Right. Like you wouldn't go to a hate breed show and like expect that you were going to see something like this. Right. So if the, if we were on the bill, it would be a lot of like red tide. It would be us, like ground zero and then like a hate breed, everybody would be like, like you can easily get into that, like, you know, four, four kind of like circle pit shit. Right. And, and I, I do think to a detriment, you know, you had to kind of like concentrate a little bit more on like what we were trying to do. I mean, no offense. Right. I mean, like, I think like Brandon and I, like our music influences, I mean, were everything from, from metal to classic rock. I mean, we were like all over the place. Right. I mean, I, I, Neil Pert was like, like my inspirations were Neil Peart from Rush and obviously Bonham from from Led Zeppelin. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't like saying like, oh, my God, I got to play like Earth Crisis or like, you know, like a lot of a lot of people compare us to like Dead Guy, just like very noisy and things like that. But I mean, I think like at the crux, like we were just going for, you know, some grooves, but we wanted to make you think about it a little bit more, if that makes sense. And again, yeah, I'm, not, I'm sure. not putting down anybody else. It's just like, you know, we were like little outcasts. So it'd be like Red Tide, the guys in Red Tide and us like hanging out on one side of the room and then like everybody else kind of like on the other side of the room. 
Um, right. And, and you, you know what I mean? And it's like, what the, what the fuck are these guys doing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah. Totally. Totally. And there are always bands that, that kind of, you know, have that in each particular scene. And it's funny too, because then when you start to retroactively think, uh, retrospectively think about the way that, a, that a band would be like, Oh man, this band would have fit so much better. in Dude. like, you know, like I, I look at what you guys do or what you guys did and yeah. then be like, Oh, they would have probably fit in, you know, California in the early two thousands or whatever. Like you, you just would have, yeah. I love, I love that. I, I mean, look, man, Brandon and I like say all the time, like we, we were like, well, we never know, man. Were we like one step away from getting there or were we like 80,000 steps away from getting there? You know what I'm saying? Cause like, then we see like the, the unearthed guys and like, again, like kill switch, like we were, we were friends with those dudes. Um, and it just didn't, you know, you never really know like why things happen, but like to your point, exactly. Like you look in the rear view mirror and you're like, my God, like, you know, like even with, with, with the self-titled, right. That, that, that Ryan just put out on, on Blasphemer again. I mean, it's like, to me, and obviously this is inside baseball, but I mean, like, I think especially like sonically, it still stands up. You know what I mean? Like, I, I do hate when, when, when band people like get on these things and it's like, dude, we were fucking great. Cause I don't right. think that at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I do think that there was a place for us. And for some reason we just couldn't kind of get on the, the road, you know what I mean? And I look in the rear view and I'm like, yeah, man, like, like we, we did, I think, I think sonically we matched better than we did personality wise. And I hate to even say that that's a thing, but I, but I do think it's, it's, it's kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Like we didn't really fit in, um, with both the music that was happening in some parts of Connecticut and the Northeast, um, as you said, you know, like maybe if we could have got out West, we, 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 it would have been, it's, it's funny how compartmentalized, like this, the, the scene is right. Like even, even musically, right. Like that's why it's so great when a band does tour and you can see something new, like it would have been great to see like how we would have meshed with other, other groups past, uh, uh, you know the corridor of I-95. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because bands definitely do find, you know, yeah. uh, their tribes in different ways. Like, I, there, are, you know, there are certain bands, like, when you say that, something that sticks out in my mind, like, you know, a band like Ensign. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, like, they were popular and did very well, but, like, Southern California was, like, their second home. Yeah. And, like, they would, you know, they would draw five, 600 people here, like, no Dude. problem. And it, it was one of those things where it's a great they, band, man. Like I haven't right. even thought of them in forever. All right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like, but they that. would, they would never have found that out until yeah. they started to like get out there. And you totally. guys could have probably had that in certain places. Like you said, if you were <sighs> able to get out. Yeah. I mean, like in another alternate universe, you know, like it would, it would have been great to see like where we, where we would have resonated if we could have got out of that, like kind of like Connecticut kind of place. I, I, t- it was so funny. Like we didn't even do nearly as well in Connecticut as we did. Like we would go play this, uh, up in, in New Hampshire. Was it the safe and sound? I mean, it was this place in New Hampshire and I'm telling you, man, like our van, I have no idea how it made it there. I mean, it was, it, it we, we should probably all be dead from like carbon monoxide poisoning just from sitting at a red light too long uh but we, we would get there i mean unload and literally like unleash a 17 minute set and get the hell out of there you know what i mean yeah. but like they, they 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 definitely like everybody just embraced us up there i think it was like the colder you got the more angry people were so they were like really feeling what what we sure. were putting down up there you know you should yeah you should have played in montreal <laughs> totally. we would have been huge in canada bro <laughs> totally uh-huh. 
So, I mean, coming up in the, the kind of Connecticut scene, and like you said, that, you know, even though you guys were, you know, fans of the music, you necessarily weren't, you know, your quote unquote scenester kids where it's mm. like, you know, you were, um, you know, going to the high school where all the other hardcore kids went and stuff like that. So I guess how, how did, uh, you know, the four random dudes yeah. the, besides you and, and, and Brandon that were already friends, like how did you guys get together and start the band? So let, yeah, I mean, so, so this, this actually is a fun story and I'm, I'm, you, you can cut the whole thing out. Um, but like, I will go back to one Brandon and I, like I, I joke about it all the time, but Catholic school brought us together, man. Like, like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like, like any good angry band is probably going to find some roots if you're in 13 years of Catholic school. I even, I even picked up kindergarten, man. So I, I had an extra year on everybody. Um, but I like transferred to, I, I had to change schools cause my school was closing. So, um, I was the lonely kid on the playground in second grade. Uh, and, and Brandon, like, I don't know, after like three days, he's like, dude, who's this, who's this fucking weirdo sitting by himself, like on the, on the curb. And he's like, he comes over and is like, you know, Hey man, you want, you want to play Foursquare? Anybody remember that? I'm dating myself here. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that was just the, the beginning of, of a beautiful friendship. And I mean, like there's people in your life that you, you may not talk to for, for weeks and months and years. And then as soon as you do, man, you just, you, it's like, it's like no time has passed. So that, that was Brandon and I's relationship. So we grew up in, in grade school and then we went to high school together. So high school is where we met Todd who ultimately um, became the bass player for die my will. Um, so again, high school, we were in a band in, uh, in high school together that, that hopefully no one ever finds uh, a recording of because it would be extremely embarrassing. But I mean, it was more of like a, a progressive metal band. So, so that's what I'm telling you, man. Like we didn't set out to like, take the the world by storm with our our furious metal core you know what i mean like that kind of found us and and i love that i i kind of love that that found us so we go through high school and graduate and i I, we we all kind of move on our separate paths and i'm in college and i was asked to join a band from connecticut called fine line like they were having some drummer issues and this is like back in new britain connecticut uh, if one person remembers the boiler room, God bless you. But I mean, dude, the, the boiler room was insane. Like it was the first place, like fine line played with clutch. I mean, insane. Nice. I, I mean, it was like, like the first time I saw clutch, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And that drummer was a basher, man. Like he, and he still is. It's like, you know, he, he was using a, a ride symbol as a crash. And I was like, Holy Christ, I've never seen anything <laughs> like this, man. It was insane. And it was called the boiler room. It was like super small. I mean, that's what you needed for hardcore though, right? Like if you got a hundred people in there, it looked like you had sold out Madison square garden because it was just small and narrow and hot as shit. That's why it was called boiler room. But yeah, I mean like a lot of bands that we, I saw earth crisis there and fine line open for clutch. And, and, and we had like the two singer kind of thing going on. And Brandon always was kind of in the fold, uh, supporting that, he and I were not really playing together at the time. I don't believe he, he could correct me on that. Um, but so I was doing that. And then eventually they were like, fuck it, man, we have two guitar players, but let's have a third. Right. So, so, so we got Brandon in that band and we must've looked like, it was like, we were like slipknot. We had like eight geeky, nerdy dudes on stage <laughs> playing really just kind of more simplistic. It was more simplistic hardcore. I hope Eric McLoin, if he's listening, doesn't get offended by that, but it, but it, it kind of was. Um, so he did that and then, you know, fine line sort of, sort of dissolved, but, but, but we, 
didn't even know that scene, Ray. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was something like we were like Catholic school kids. Like that scene sort of found us. So I have to thank Fine Line and that like, you know, Connecticut scene for me playing in that and then them, you know, me then embracing that music. And Brandon was like, shit, man, why are we listening to Rush? Like, this is like a just a freaking I mean, if, if, I mean, you hear his vocals, man. I mean, like, it, he, it's just a way to get everything out. Right. So like then then we started playing. I mean, like he he, he primarily, I think, you know, wrote wrote a lot of those songs. But like Rob was also in Fine Line. So that's that there's your there's your founding blocks. Like Todd didn't play with that. I was in fine line. Rob was in fine line and Brandon was kind of watching. Then he joined. So honestly, like when that band sort of dissolved, we already had like the foundation of die my will right then. And we brought, we brought Todd in cause we had played together in, in, in high school. Sometimes, sometimes the band finds you out of necessity, right? Like we're like, Oh yeah. fuck man, we need a bass player. No offense, Todd. Uh, but that's, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty much how that happened, man. It was, it was the power of the scene and, and seeing like a room of 10 people just freak the fuck out. And we were like, oh my God, we got to just keep doing this, man. Like there's just right. an energy there. You know what I mean? An energy that like, I love, I love Pink Floyd and lasers, man. But like, you know, not much energy there. <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying? Just, like, so right. it, it was just a sweaty room. Yeah, yeah, man. There was, there was a power that you couldn't get anywhere else so did that mm-hmm. did, did that long meandering uh Absolutely. Answer, answer your question no for sure for sure, <laughs> for sure. and so because i mean you, you got even though i mean technically you guys were active for what like three four years roughly i know speaking? doesn't that fucking suck man we had so much left in the tank i tell you and i, I wish i <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i mean i i would say and that was the great part man i mean like i can't even thank you know so ryan from blasphemer records like like just reached out i i'd say seemingly randomly you know what i mean like like i was telling you before we started recording this like the the essence of the of the band kind of lives on and i'm always like so intrigued like i was like what this this guy ray wants to talk to us about die my will that's crazy thanks ray um but in the same in the same way you know ryan um was like hey you know do you do you want to re-put this out we never even pressed this thing on vinyl man and so we destroy is not on vinyl um you know, as a, as a tease, but which, I mean, it's, which better, which better be soon. That's yeah. Well, look at you. Look at you. Uh, a little tease, hopefully. Um, but I mean, the fact that people were, were interested and, and, and bought it and, and, you know, like there, there was kind of a vibe. I mean, we never had this, like this, this internet community now, right? Like it's, it's a whole new era of people finding it because of the whole like online world like that didn't exist right you know what i mean like we didn't have the money it's it's funny because now it's like brian and i talk about it all the time it's like if you had the means now wouldn't that be amazing but we just didn't you know what i mean like like daryl from ground zero always was like he's like yeah you gotta just keep going man you can't get real jobs and things like that i'm like but i've got student loans dude like i've got a you know what i mean and that's ultimately i think like what what broke it but uh, again i meander away um but you know like like that's that that whole thing of four years being active, it's, it's so crazy because it felt like such a long, glorious, wonderful time. You know what I mean? Right. And I look back in the, in the mirror and I'm like, man, yeah, when you say it was only four years, I was like, Jesus Christ, a lot of shit happened in those four years, you know? I mean, we put out like a release every year no, when you I know. think about it. As you know me, I love band merch and I love to talk about band merch. And rockabilia.com is the place where you can go to buy every piece of band merch you can possibly shake a stick at. Use this code PC100Words that gets you 15% off your order. And this is my favorite merch company around. Straight up, fast shipping, independently owned. 
and they've got so much rad stuff. Like every time I visit their website, I'm just like, oh, cool. That's really cool that they added this thing. Or it's really cool that they added this, uh, you know, promotion in regards to a holiday or whatever the case may be. They're just always continually bringing you new stuff. It's all officially licensed. That means the band gets paid. Not this, none of this horrific bootleg stuff where the band does not see a dime from it. This is all officially licensed stuff because at the end of the day, you want to feel good about the merch that you're buying, right? That this is supported in a real way by the band and not just, like I said, some horrible knockoff. But again, go to rockabilly.com, have fun with the site, use this code PC100Words. That's the letters PC and then the number 100Words, and that will get you 15% off your order. Thank you, as always, to Rockabilia for your continued support, and please visit their website. Great stuff there. And that that's what I think, you know, makes you guys pretty unique from that perspective, too, because usually, you know, bands uh, of that nature usually maybe have like, you know, uh, an EP, maybe a split, maybe a full length. But it's like you guys have, you know, two full lengths, <laughs> a split, a seven inch. And it's like that's a lot in, like you said, a release a year. And it's not like you were doing that because you're part of the music business. You know, now it's yeah. like you're expected like every 18 to 24 months to put on a new full length and blah, blah, blah. You guys were just doing this because you had so much kind of coming out of you and Dude. all these opportunities. Dude, like, so we've been talking for maybe like, I don't know, whenever you edit it, let's just say it's 20 minutes. I mean, Brandon could probably have written a new album like in that time. <laughs> I mean, he's a fucking lunatic, man. The guy's a lunatic. He's got two kids. He's married. But I mean, seriously, if I was like, Brandon, dude, I need like a six song like EP right now. He'd be like, all right, dude, like give me the week. And, like in, in almost any genre. So, I mean, like we just had a lot. And again, I don't want to get I don't want to concentrate too much like on the scene because it sounds like it's excuses. Right. But like, honestly, man, like Todd had a recording studio, which helped a lot. And Todd actually recorded. So like Todd recorded like, I don't know if he did ground zero, but he did like wrench in the works, Daryl's other band. And oh, yeah. you, you know what I mean? And, and it was like, so because we had that, we would practice in that room. So we were able to kind of like just experiment and, and just lay stuff down. You know what I mean? So I'm pretty sure all of our recordings like came happened in that studio. It moved a little bit like in Southington, Connecticut. But I mean, again, like not back to the scene, but like we didn't get put on a lot of shows, man, because we weren't really, like I said, I hate to say it like in the scene, like we just wanted to hang out with our friends and it just, we, we just didn't really resonate. We weren't look, how else do I say it? We were like Catholics, but we were not tough guys, right? Like we wanted yeah. to play fucking Mortal Kombat and shit, like on the on the old big arcade box, if anyone remembers that. So we you weren't, were, yeah, like, you were indoor kids, right? We were in. Thank you, thank you, bro. We were indoor, <laughs> dude. You just that is. A, in fact, if we put out a new album, I think I'm going to call it. We were indoor kids. You know what I mean? The, the, the die my will retrospective. We were indoor. But I mean, like that, that's what it was. So like we, we loved just, just making music as much as we loved playing it. So, so that is how we just kind of had this stuff. And I'm telling you, man, there's, there's stuff that has never seen the light of day that exists on, on ADATS, man. And, you know, we, we talk well, about that stuff too. No, I know. And that's what I was, because, you know, I mean, putting out the, the full, because Drawn and Quartered was essentially, was, was that your guys' label? It was, was dude, it was, it was Todd's, man. It was, it was okay, Todd's. That's what I, yeah. that's what I thought. So it's like, you know, I mean, and that, that function of most bands, you know, self-releasing their, their stuff, like that's what happened in, during that time. But then, you know, once you guys got hooked up with, you know, Pin Drop Records and mm -hmm. you obviously started to, you know, see a little bit more, um, I guess, exposure to what you were doing. Um, but then I, I, from what I understand, I mean, 
Well, I was just going to say, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing, man. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the whole thing. Like, like it's funny you just say that because everybody's doing like self-titled releases and you say that that was, that was big in the day. That's how it is now. Right. Too. I mean, it's amazing. There was like a period where it was like, you talk about like, like victory, right? Like, like, you know, victory records was like an institution. And now I don't even know that that's a necessity anymore. Right. Because, again, the way people share now, it's so much easier. Like I can share with somebody cross country. You know, you kind of needed like some type of distribution. And we love Bill for that because, I mean, we didn't even I think the self-titled was maybe distributed through uh, Revelation. Maybe, maybe. And you know what I mean? We didn't really know like the business aspect of things. So because we weren't out there playing shows, you know, we, we were relying on kind of like that, that internal scene. And I remember Bill, man, and I love him to death. We, we, and, and thanks again to this, this vinyl coming out, man, like Bill and I got reconnected. I still owe him a phone call. Um, but like we finally found each other on, you know, we're old people find each other Facebook cause we're, we're, we're not, you know, we're, we're not, we're not young. We don't yeah, know. Finding each other on TikTok. We, we don't. We don't. We don't know how to do TikToks, right? So like the old dudes are still finding each other on Facebook, like our parents are. Um, but like he saw us in Massachusetts, and we had just all all we had. I think we were probably playing uh, "Still We Destroy" music, um, but all we had was the was the the self title. And I remember, dude, fucking Rob, Robbie, man. I mean, like again, we were like indoor nerdy kids. Right. But for those 17 minutes that we were on stage, like do not fuck with us, man. Right. Like, because there's just a wall of rage, man. And Robbie does this like forward roll, which is insane. Cause he's playing guitar. Right. Um, and he smashes his face on one of those front stage monitors, like really early in the, in the, in the set. Again, now it's only 17 minutes. Like he's not going to bleed to death. Right. But like, so blood's like running down his face. It's, it's like a, it's like an, an ode to like, I guess an old school kiss concert, but he doesn't miss a beat dude. And Bill was in the room that night. And like, he came up to us and he's like, dude, you guys are fucking incredible. And I'm not sure if we were incredible, but when you see a dude bleeding at a hardcore show and not missing a beat, I'm pretty sure that single handedly is like why Bill put that in still we destroy out. Back to that yeah. door, yeah. Because yeah, we didn't play right. a lot of shows, but when we played them, man, we would fuck those rooms up, man. <laughs> right? Yeah, you would you would utilize that time appropriately, where it's just like, well, <laughs> yes. this is pro- this could be our last show, so I'm just gonna go ahead and do this. You have, I mean, dude, we played every show like it was our last show until it was the last show, and we didn't even know it was. How about right. that? <laughs> Yeah. So there you go, dude. Yes. And were were you uh from what I understand, I mean, you know, according to the internet, uh were you guys going to work with Equal Vision Records? Were you talking about doing something with them or was there something that, you know, there was, was in the de- air for a next step? Well, we definitely had next steps, man. Like 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 I said, you know, I still say and still we destroy is like my proudest moment in in music. I mean, like I listened to those, like the drum parts, like I definitely thought I was at the top of my game. It was so funny, man. Ryan wanted to put, and I, I will get to the equal vision stuff. Ryan wanted to put out like the sneak, like thing. He's like, Hey, we're going to repress this. So let's, let's put out endless suffering, right? Like on, on the U, the tube of use. So he wants to put that on YouTube and like, he got the thing remastered and I was like, it actually sounds pretty good. Um, based on just a, because like we lost our eight ads, bro. Like, can you believe that? So that remaster is like a remaster off CD. And I hate that. I don't, sure. re- I hate, I don't re- remember the guy's name that did it because I think he actually pulled out a lot of shit from like a, from a CD. Um, but it sounds great, but he's like, I want to, I want to do endless suffering. 
And I'm listening to my drum playing and I'm like, oh my God, like I want to just punch myself repeatedly in the face. Like talk about not playing to a click track, which people do now, right? But I was like, oh my God, I was like, oh, my 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 metronome was all over the place. But anyway, so like, and still we destroy, like it's kind of like the proudest I've been. And I think musically, we just kept getting better. So then, then you go to like that split with piecemeal. And I mean, again, I think we were confusing the shit out of people, right? Like those, those, those three songs, man, which were previously the only thing available, like on Spotify and like Apple music and things like that. I mean, even I, I don't even know if I could play those songs right now. Right. Like they were like, so all over the place. So, so the stuff that we were working on from there was a nice bridge between and still we destroy and that split. And we were talking to equal vision. And if, I mean, I'm an old ass man right now. Like, I I wish I remember why that 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 fell apart. But had that not fallen apart, who knows? Who knows what would happen? We were definitely talking to to representatives there. Got and, it. Got it. And then it just. I wish I could tell you a more dramatic story. It's just like it's like if you were on a if you were sailing the open ocean, man. It was like the wind just stopped and the sail stopped, and we're just still kind of a bunch of douches on a dinghy that's that right. would be, that's going to be the second uh posthumous uh album from time i will <laughs> douches on a dinghy <laughs> and so so i mean like you said you were you know just kind of limited in your touring experiences yeah. and, you know playing northeast and stuff mm-hmm. like that um but you know who i guess what bands did you uh, i guess quote unquote get along with as far as like oh these are the bands that we kind of you know play the most shows with and these were this is sort of like you know our brothers and sister band or you know how what what bands kind of come to your mind when I say that? Well, I mean, again, I, I hope anybody even knows like piecemeal and whatever happened after that. But I, I, I got to tell you, and and he's going to laugh at this, and I only see him every time they they roll through. But I mean, Justin from you know now Kill Switch Engage. I mean, he was like my brother from another mother, man. I, lo- I loved that kid, and we went to UConn together, University of Connecticut. And again, he was just so proficient, and I felt like such an idiot. Uh, playing drums either after him or before him just knowing he was going to take the stage and it was just like everything was so effortless and i was like how are you doing this i was more of a basher dude there was like no finesse you look at me dude there's no no finesse at all it's just pure fucking rage uh and uh i'm sure that's parent issues i have no idea parent and catholic school issues but i mean so so red tide man piecemeal i mean that's why the the the, the ep came out um ground zero like those guys i mean we still talk to like you know I mean, again, like, it's just, it's like, I think you had mentioned it even before we started recording, man. It was like those years, those formative kind of like nineties metallic hardcore years, right? Ground zero wrench in the works. I mean, we still talk to, I still talk to Rich Casey and Chris Grosso and it's like from, from those bands and like every once in a while, somebody will put something, something back out and it's like, it just fires up the cylinders again. Right. And it was like, dude, I've talked to people in the last like four months that I haven't talked to and two fucking decades. That's how old, that's how old we are. Right. And, and it's just been fantastic. But like the, the fabric and the strings, like, like of that community, man are still there. And we still just like, we love each other, man. And, and, you know, it's just something it's, it's a phase of life and like a movement that is always going to be out there. You know what I mean? It's funny because people are like, are you guys ever going to play like another show? And I'm like, ah, God, you know, we, I I almost don't want to ruin it. You know what I mean? Like, I almost don't want to ruin the, the, the mythos that is, I mean, do you really want to watch like four old fucking dudes get back up there and do this? But I mean, like people are doing it right. I mean, like, I don't know. Earth crisis still it's snap case. I mean, I mean, the biggest thing, I think the North star is as long as you don't suck. Like, you know, <laughs> as long if, as well, if you, we would yeah, have to like, suck, it, yeah. 
Right. If you if you get up there, it's not even so much like the tarnishing of the legacy or whatever, because, yeah. you know, like you were joking around, it's like, you know, the legacy is very, is very small. Things yeah. Matter, yeah thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for bringing well, me back down to, 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 to no, fucking reality. My, yes, it's my pleasure. But the, the idea that it's like if you did something, yeah. it would be like, oh, wow, this is like really cool. Like I, dude, I've had I, people I've had people be like, dude, I totally like fly back home from what I mean, people like are living all over the country, man. And I'm like, it would just it actually we, we should almost do it just to watch everyone throw a fucking hip out for the for the uh 15 second circle <laughs> yep. pit that we would exude uh anyways i'm sorry i'm all over the place but like you know bands that we got along with like bigger bands like you know it's it's funny man like we played a couple shows with earth crisis like those guys were great um you know i mean again the only small tour we ever did was with piecemeal man and i, I love those guys to like the you know and god they went on to like bury your dead and things like that and yeah, you know, Hokan and all that. Yeah, exactly. yeah. No, well, dude, Hulk conspiracy well, was absurd. Yes, I, and, and, and talk about a band that should have should have been bigger to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I think from the idea of, uh, you know, a lot of people retro retroactively checked out. You know, piecemeal after you know Hopecon started to get yeah, and, and then people started to be like, oh, what's this random split? Because that was dude. the only thing that really existed kind of digitally and so right. yeah it's yeah it's interesting it's funny we should i guess what we needed was i'm like brian i'm gonna fucking call brandon up as soon as i uh, stop this and be like dude why couldn't you just like go form another band you know what i mean so that they could find us later because that's what it yeah. was i mean keith, i mean i love hope conspiracy man you know what i mean and and, and but i mean keith is like my i think i might still have a if keith if you're listening uh from from piecemeal i might still have a man crush on 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 keith um love that love that kid um now all he does is post pictures of him and his dog on facebook and it's adorable and i love every one of them uh but you know like like kevin and keith man they, they were just the best but hope conspiracy was amazing but you are absolutely right man like that 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 somehow instead of the other way around like piecemeal being the gateway drug it's all retroactive right you know what i mean yep. so hope conspiracy became the gateway drug back to piecemeal because those guys were fucking insane you know what i mean jesus yeah keith keith had like a God, he had this pedal that was like bigger than most stages we played on, man. He's like making like <laughs> gorgeous orchestrations with his freaking guitar. I mean, it was insane. Yeah. The name yeah. Of our third album. That's the, name of the third album. <laughs> yes. Um, did you, uh, you, you know, e- even though you weren't doing, you know, these, these grueling, whatever, you know, month long to two month long tours, did you like the experience of like, you know, going to different cities and Dude, that, that taste I- of tour? Absolutely. And I mean, you know, like I said, you know, it's like if, if you believe in like all these parallel universes in another parallel universe, we, we would have just done that. I mean, everybody loved it. Right. We were just maybe a couple years too old, man. And we were like in the in the fucking workforce. So we did like we had to take vacation to do that, like nine day East Coast tour. But we loved it, dude. Like the brotherhood that we had not to get like melodramatic. But again, you talk about like like the only band we ever toured with was piecemeal. And it was some of the greatest memories that that I have, though, honestly, I, I might have had we, we were definitely not straight edge, by the way. So the memories of some of those things might be a little bit um, uh, off, hazy, off, hazy, hazy, yeah, yeah. A great word. Um, yeah. But I remember being on like on a, we were on a beach, I think, and maybe a Carolina. So maybe we did get a little further south than the nation's capital or I'm totally making that up. And I, but I mean, like, you know just dumb shit being in the van we would trade off like you know some of them would ride in our van some of them and then we would like ride in theirs and just like i you know it sounds so stupid but i mean just i mean we had nowhere to stay right so we're like meeting people at shows to be like dude can we like stay at your house i mean that's something as like an adult that everybody's got kids now and shit it's like you 
you wouldn't fucking do that. I wouldn't let somebody stay at my house. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Even though I do still say that, I'm, I'm like, hey, man, you need a place to stay. You can stay here. But I mean, you know what I mean? Like that community, man, like that hardcore community, there is nothing like it. I think maybe even to this day, you know, and and yep. but, but, but we, we we loved it. Nine days. We would have. If, if we didn't have bills to pay, man, we would have definitely done it because it is it is what we wanted to do to make a living. And that is grueling, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, oh, no, for sure. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head, too, where it's just like, you know, because you guys were, you know, had responsibilities and were older and weren't, yeah. you know, 17 years old. Right. Um, you know, that like those impediments, especially, too, yes. because it's not like there was a notion of doing a band of your nature from a quote unquote full-time <laughs> perspective. There's not a roadmap like that. That didn't yeah. exist at that time. Really? It, it, it did not. And, and, and you know what, if it, if it does now, I, I would love to jump in the time machine and, and follow it, man. But I mean, like, you know, I definitely think it's like the people who made it, it's like, you got it, you got to grind and you got to, I mean, I think about, I actually think about like avail the band avail and like the way that they would, tour and just just grinded it out i think they were like richmond virginia or something and yep, you know like i i loved those guys another basher drummer you know what i mean but like they really committed right like i think like we had both of our feet or we all had our feet in like the shallow end of the pool and no one really just was like fuck it man we got to pull the ripcord and, and go you know what i mean because we already started seeing we we just started having like adult lives man and i i just I, I hate, you know what I mean? Like, that's that other thing. It's like, what if kind of thing? Like, what if we gave it like a year? Like, what would have happened? But which none of us really could could, yeah. could do that, you know? So. And so when you, when you guys decided to, you know, kind of wrap it up and not be a band anymore, wh- was it one of those things where you guys just kind of like all looked at each other and were like, well, we can't do this? Or did like, you know, a few guys drop out? Or how did that transpire? Dude, I should have, uh, you know, I should have probably done a little research with Brandon. Brandon and I are like talking all the time, man. And I didn't even ask him that. I mean, m- maybe, maybe we've shut it all off from our mind. <laughs> and like, I, I actually, sure. like I said, man, when, when you're talking about playing your last show and not knowing it's your last show, like that, that would have been. Would it have been sadder? I, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like what type of emotion does that exude when you're up there? Mm-hmm. Um, and we just didn't know, man. And 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 I, for the life of me, cannot remember. I did have, and I, I, I won't get into this because I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure it's, uh, you know, rife. I'm sure we could go on a whole nother tangent. But I mean, like there was a couple of uh, months maybe like half, I mean, where I was actually doing the Hatebreed thing. I was like filling in, um, drumming for Hatebreed and Justin from Kill Switch Engage, Red Tide actually was playing drums for me. So they were still playing shows. Um, and then I came back and we played a couple more shows and I just like, dude, there's just a point, man, where you can, I mean, like we were never really like we were, like I said, we were bigger in, in New Hampshire for some reason and Vermont, you know, like again, maybe the colder, more angry kids. Um, right. we were not totally, I mean, when you have like a powerhouse, like hate breed, right? Like, like representing Connecticut, we just were not as, as embraced for whatever reason, you know what I mean? Um, how many times can you get in the van, drive five hours, um, to play for 17 people, maybe sell a sweatshirt and, you know, not make your gas money when you're 22 or 23. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. that's what happened. And I, I, I hate to sound like a dick, um, but like the scene can only propel you so far. Like if you're just not getting it back and those 17 kids that would come man, they would go all out for us and we would give everything and we loved doing it. But I mean, there just comes a point where like you can't play a Tuesday show in Vermont. You can only, I mean, you're, 
you know, you're, you're stuck to weekends and we just didn't have it in us. And I just, I honestly think like, you know, Brandon kept making music. And like I said, I think we would just, when we couldn't get shows, man, we would go back in the studio and record. That's what we did, right? That's all we knew how to do. We didn't even know how to get it out there. So, I mean, again, there's music out there. Some have vocals, some don't that are unfinished that we still have that Brandon and I now for, for two fucking decades have, have talked about like, Hey, we should just finish that. I mean, I can even like now in this world, man, I mean, I think Justin records all of his drums remotely from where, whatever the hell house he's living in. I mean, like I can record drums remotely. And I mean, like, again, I don't want, I don't want to like lose anything, you know? Yeah. Like it's it still, I think at its, at its crux needs to be four dudes in a room just fucking angrily playing. And I think right. that's the way it has to, has yeah. to be, you know what I mean? But yeah, I don't, I don't think we ever knew it was over. Honestly. Yeah. No, it just, it, yeah. It, yeah. The whole diminishing returns and all that stuff. It just yeah. makes sense. Like I, I, most, most bands get to a point where it's just kind of like, Oh yeah. Like I think we're good. You know, like I, I, I don't, Jesus it's not like Christ, I hate you so and I don't want to like, yeah, you are like my fucking spirit animal. I, I hope we can, <laughs> we can talk every weekend because like that is so, I mean like you just literally laid it out, man. There's not always a reason. There's not always like a cosmic, like, Oh shit, this happened. Or you fucked my wife or whatever the hell the reason is like, I hate you. Like you just like, and you just said it. So like lackadaisically like, eh, I, I think that's yeah, good. That's it. Yeah, shit going Right. We got to, we got to wrap this up. Um, yes. The, uh, the, the last thing I want to hit on, which was something that, it, you know, I, I find interesting because like, I mean, it's not like you guys have done, you know, a ton of press and ton of interviews, but like every, <laughs> Dude, that's, yeah. every, from everybody that, you know, I know that either like knows you or has like spoken about you on the internet. Uh-huh. It's this really interesting thing of like, you know, the music is dirty and ugly and heavy and pissed and everything that, you know, hardcore obviously is. That's a great five-star Amazon review, by the way. <laughs> exactly. Dude, it's great. But then everyone was like, they're the nicest, sweetest dudes. And so that dude we're the indoor kids bro (laughs) right and so and and i think it's funny because you know i think that especially pre-internet the mystique of many bands would be like oh because their music is this they probably must be these really tortured individuals yeah and so you know i presume it was funny for either bands or you know people that were at the show to meet you guys and then you know you're just like four dorks up there oh my god yes was that was that a constant for you guys dude you know what's really god man it's it's so fun man like like again the mythos of what's out there and i think who was it sean that did the thing i'll never forget man like no one asked for that decibel article okay like sean right right thank you so much bro like i think that was 2015 and i don't even i probably came home from my very corporate america job and i think somebody like texted me and was like dude you fucking see this and i was like what and it was like sean did that decibel article and i was like wow are you kidding me you know what i mean so like the mythos got so big i mean dude not it's it's really you know like humor is all like self-deprecation is my favorite kind of humor i i i would you know what hot american summer like the state all that shit uh, i love i love those guys i mean but seriously we were a bunch of fucking idiots man and and we didn't really fit in so when when we would play shows and like people showed interest in us we were like oh man like we were just I mean, I, reading those things, dude, it's so funny because it's like, w- were we supposed to like roll in and like throw a Molotov cocktail into the side <laughs> of a wall and then like set our gear up? Like, and and like we were these brooding fucking like Braveheart guys. You know what I mean? I mean, like, you know, Brandon was a big dude, but like what a fucking teddy bear, man. Like, I just wanted to hug everyone. 
right? Like, you know what I mean? Like it was, that's so funny. We, we should have actually been like doing backing music for Kenny G based on our personality, right? Like he, he's up there with the saxophone and we were just, that, that was the whole thing, man. Like we got our, I guess we got all of our like rage issues out, like in the music, man. And I actually, I am so much happier, dude, because like you, you do hear about like back, like in the nineties, man, there were a lot of dickhead bands out there. I, I won't name names, but like, you know, everybody was like, so car- com- like compartmentalized and we just, we were just like friendly dudes. Like I, dude, all, none of our parents were divorced, man. What the fuck were we had? What do we have to be pissed off about? You know what I mean? Like we didn't have daddy issues. I mean, other than the Catholic school thing, right. It's like Brandon and I were altar boys, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, like we had pretty well adjusted lives and I think that that just came out and it's just like, dude, we just wanted to treat people the way we wanted to be treated. And that was it. And then we just played some really fucking angry ass music. Right, right. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it is, I mean, I it's, so. you know, to your, to your point, I think it's one of those things that so many people, like I said, the, the internet was able to break down so many of those barriers, especially, yeah. you know, once, once social media existed too. And once people understood that it's like, oh, because a person is creating this type of art, doesn't mean that they are constantly in this battle yeah exactly (laughs) it's like oh like you said you know it's just whatever the you know lead vocalist of a band that you know is is yelling is posing for pictures of his stuff with his dog it's like yeah we're all complicated individuals i will i will say though man it's so it's again like you go into like the mainstream stuff like i'll never forget like you know because i grew up like i mean slayer like slayer right like i just wanted to listen to slayer like constantly just on 11 and i remember you know like i loved like the the satanic imagery and all that stuff and then like i don't know somewhere like tom araya or you know posts a picture of him and his daughter like going to church or whatever this was years this was years later and i was like huh that kind of takes something away from it (laughs) you know what i'm saying man and it's like you've got this like like this mystical kind of image which thankfully we never did because thank you, Ray, remind me that, that, that 17 people bought our record. Um, but like, you know what I mean? Like we, we never were able to get, we were just regular dudes, man. You know what I mean? We didn't, we never like created this like mythos, except I guess, I guess we did. I did. I, except I guess the cover of Insta we destroy as a kid with a fucking battle ax. That's sorry. right. <laughs> so maybe we were, maybe we were, we were misleading just a little bit. Well, well, I mean, you have, it's not misleading. It's, it's the idea that, you know, you are trying to create this, this piece. I mean, you wouldn't have articulated at that time, but you're trying to create this piece of art that, you know, embodies all of what you were trying to get out. And yeah, there, you know, after it leaves your hands, you can't do anything about that. Yeah. You know, and people are going to be like, oh, it's these weirdos from Connecticut that like, you know, (laughs) skin people alive or whatever. We definitely did that after shows. And yeah, if you, if you, uh, if you if you bought a a twenty dollars sweatshirt, uh, you you could you could witness the ritual, <laughs> right? Right, and it's like yeah, that's why we only play for seventeen minutes because we got to stay together. We've got to do, dude. Right, we've got thirteen. We've got, we've got, 13. Yes, we, we have we have to keep ourselves alive with uh with with, with blood. Yes, <laughs> yes, blood from the the, the quote unquote fans. Yes, but. exactly. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for going down memory lane. I really appreciate you, yeah, uh, yeah kind of uh, laying out the uh, the intricacies of the band because, yeah, not uh, no one knows about it. So I know. I, I hope I, I hope I did it justice, man. And I just I can't, you know, like like the other guys are going to listen to this and be like, dude, you're an idiot. Like like you missed this, this, and this. You know what I mean? And I'm 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 sure that there's, you know, I'm old, right? Like so, I I, I don't remember a lot of that stuff. And I appreciate you uh, allowing me to go on, on that journey. But I, I can't thank enough. I mean, the people who have grown old with us that, that stay in contact and people that we knew even, 
even back then, I mean, there's a, there's an Instagram page like Connecticut archives and you know, that all they do is post like old flyers and every once in a while when, when we come up, I mean, it is, it is pretty rare. I mean, like, you know, you've got hate playing shows like, like 14 shows a, a month and maybe we were doing two. Right. So like right. when we, when we're on like a, a flyer with hate breed or, you know, even like death threat or whatever, you know, it's like, um, like those are just fun. And I'm, I'm trying to, you know, how many, how many VFW halls did we play before we actually like got to play like tune in, in new Haven, which was kind of like an institution back in the day. Yeah. Or um, the LNG club or the LNG club. Oh my God. Yeah. Jesus oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean like, so, so I love, I, you know, I can't thank Ryan from Blasphemer records enough for, for even showing the interest to put this out there because I do get emails from like literally all over the world. I mean, if 17 records were sold, three of them had to at least be in Japan because those kids reach out, man. And they are like, you know, angry teens who are like, Oh my God, you guys were like so amazing. And I'm like, really dude. Cause I'm just like here chilling with my adopted foster dog and cat. And I can't even fathom that this very small wave is still kind of circling the globe. And I love it. And it's a testament to the, the, the institution that is, hardcore man like that that fucking community i mean like yeah you know like your pop artists are gonna have 20 million fucking hits in a in a day man but like it's still in a weird way flash in the pan and this proves me talking to you proves that 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 community and and this style of music and bond is not that it's kind of forever which is which is great so we're, we're happy to to have the smallest bit of legacy um on this this world. I can't even believe it. Yeah. The word legacy, but you know what I mean. <laughs> there you have it. That was Jeff. And uh, yeah, I appreciate him talking to me about this band because, you know, I felt weird going into this conversation being like, I don't know of any clue about your band besides me just absolutely loving what you do. Because <laughs> normally I've got some sort of biographical information and, you know, beyond just like the record label and the general geographic location where they were from. So Jeff was uh, kind to, uh, you know, just just walk us through it all. So uh, hopefully you found one of your new favorite bands and you'll be able to uh, listen to their music uh, wherever you may find it. Next week, I have, this is what I love about the show, being able to talk to a very, very obscure metalcore band from the late 90s and then being able to talk to Krista Makes from Less Than Jake, ska punk heroes, like one of the longest running bands in the biz. I had him on the show, and it was, a, it was a real treat. So that's what we got next week, and that's why I love this show. All right? Well, until next week, and hopefully, hopefully it all pans out for our country, please be safe, everybody. <laughs>